Zero carbon travel. It sounds too good to be true. Just pay to plant a few trees and you can travel as far and as frequently as you like. Offsetting schemes, particularly ones offered by budget airlines, have been roundly condemned and criticised. In more than a few cases, those criticisms have proved justified. I admit, I was very sceptical when I first met Christian Muller-Holst, whose business is based on making business trips not just carbon neutral, but net zero. Hello, I'm Anthony Day, and welcome to the Wednesday interview from the Sustainable Futures Report. It's Wednesday the 15th of December. This is what Christian told me. My guest today is Christian Muller-Holst, who is founder of Goodwings. Welcome to the Sustainable Futures Report. Thank you, Anthony. Thanks for having me. Now, as I understand it, Goodwings is a travel agency that provides complementary carbon offsets. In other words, somebody who books a trip with you, within the price, you will have covered the carbon footprint of his flight, his transits, uh, even even the hotel stay. Am I correct there? Mm, partly. <laughs> okay, um, well... Well, but but close enough. We 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 are a hotel booking website, like you know from Booking.com or Hotels.com. So with Goodwings, you get access to the same roughly a million hotels, and we have the same or comparable rate levels as any other platform. We're quite different in our business model because we calc before you can complete your booking. You need to type in and use our carbon calculator that accurately calculate how much CO2 are you emitting with your total travel. So, of course, the hotel that you're booking with us, but also the flight, the train, the bus, the car that takes you there and your transfers too. So your total travel footprint calculated on the website. And we then use our booking revenues to pay for, the, for your removal. Right. But a lot of people would say, a lot of people are very skeptical uh, about carbon offsets and they would say a lot of people are nervous about flying and making long distance trips and all you're doing is making them feel better but you're not actually achieving anything that's uh, of benefit to the planet i think we are definitely uh doing something that uh, is benefiting the planet and and verifiably fighting climate change. But uh, I mean, obviously, I, I know where you're getting at. Obviously, we haven't invented a zero emission aviation technology. Um, we have not we we have not enabled you to get from Copenhagen to New York without emitting CO two. Um, so we have two two options really: stop traveling or continue to travel but more climate conscious. And if we look at the the first one. COVID, what have we learned through COVID? We have seen a world that has been increasingly suffering from isolationism. We have seen, I, I believe, 320 million people work in travel and tourism, which means that a billion people's lives depend on someone in the family bringing home money from this industry. That industry has been shut down for nearly two years. So on the people side, people are suffering. On the planet side, you're right. It would be better not to travel until we can travel zero emission. Well, there's a number of things out of that. Mm -hmm. Yes, we haven't traveled so much during lockdown, mm -hmm. but we've also found that we can be very productive remotely as we are today. 
We can have meetings no, with people all over totally, the world. Totally, totally. And, and, and we encourage, I mean, one of the, one of the objectives with the, with, with the automatic carbon calculation when you book your hotels with Goodwings is that we enable travelers and, and businesses to get an idea, an overview of how much are we actually emitting with the different transportation types. So, oh, I can go from Copenhagen to Berlin. I can fly, you know, emit 300 kilos, or I can take the train, emit 80 kilos. So number one is to re reduce our emissions. We can do that by canceling the, 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 the travel that is not uh, necessary enough. And if we have other options, uh, lower emission options, go for those. Um, I think, I, and, and also I think one of the beauties of COVID really has been that we have uh, rediscovered some of the, the, the destination gems in our backyard. You know, I hear people saying, well, we went to Norway, you know, Danes traveling or Swedes traveling to Norway, basically getting the same travel experience as if they have got, you know, traveled to Canada. Part, parts of Southern uh, Eastern Europe, um, uh, Croatia, for instance, resembles the Maldives. So we don't need to travel the world uh, as we did pre-pandemic. We can, we can travel shorter, we can travel slower, and we can emit much less and still have great experiences and businesses uh, are, are really cutting down on, 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 on unnecessary travel, which we, which we very much are in favor of. All right, let's look at the mechanics of offsetting. Now, there are schemes, for example, where somebody will go into a remote part of Africa and they'll find a community which has got no electricity and they say they're thinking about putting in a diesel generator. No, we'll put in a wind turbine. And therefore, we uh, have stopped the emissions that would have come from that diesel generator because we've got a wind turbine. Well, that's fine, but that hasn't actually reduced any of the uh, CO2 currently in the atmosphere. It's stopped it increasing in the future, but it's surely it's not a true offset. There are two different types of offsets, and I, and I, I, I totally understand if people are confused and, and don't know the... the you know how it works because few people really know how it works um they just feel good when some website says well don't worry we compensated your freight or whatever um but but we should know we should know this it, it is quite important especially to counter greenwashing I, I i think what we what we what we need anthony is we need a vocabulary for for this and 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 we should really have a vocabulary i actually uh in denmark you can you can send in suggestions for the danish parliament uh for mm -hmm regulation uh, or, or law and uh, I, I in January this year I, I uh, submitted um, like a citizen's proposal for the adaptation of um, of marketing vocabulary uh, for green services because we have a huge dairy producer in Denmark uh, which is fundamentally a good company but they're screwing around with the milk bottle labeled CO2 neutral but if you look at the website they're not neutralizing or removing emissions because it, it would be too costly. So they're, they're buying some cheap compensation credits at, and I know what they're being sold at. It's, not, it's around a dollar per ton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's okay if they had put CO2 compensated and actually explained to the milk drinkers what that means. But, it, but it's not good enough to say carbon neutral or net zero if you're not removing your emissions verifiably. It's it shouldn't be. Um, yeah, yeah. 
if you look at all the carbon credits out there on the global credit market, 80-90% are compensation credits or avoidances. So basically, it's a donation to a green project that is helping someone emit less in the future. Uh, only 10-15% are um, credits associated with projects that are removing carbon from the atmosphere. And you, again, you can do that through either technology or nature-based. On the technology side, you've probably seen these CO2 vacuum machines, direct air capture, Climeworks, CapFix, all these new frontier solutions that many believe, and, and I, I, I hope so, will be part of our future tool set. Um, if we can find a way of, of doing it cost efficient and from green electricity and find a way of permanently storing it, blah, 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 and a lot of other issues along the way. But yeah, hopefully yeah. something that we'll solve or you can remove carbon from the atmosphere, nature-based. The most widely type of nature-based project is tree planting, but you also have regen agriculture or mineralization or other ways of doing it. Um, but, but you're right. If you look at the cost of offsets, why are most companies uh, not very clear in their communication? Because they're going for the cheaper credits. Uh, the credits that are not removing carbon, but simply compensating, donating money to a windmill somewhere, which which also is good, but in my view, gives you the wrong impression because it gives me the, the impression, the, the consumer, oh, I'm emitting CO2 when I buy this T-shirt or I'm going on this trip, but it's okay because it's been compensated. No, it's not okay. What we need to do, especially in industries that are hard to abate, where reducing emissions, you know, on the short term in the near future is simply not possible because we don't have the technologies, aviation being one of them. What we need to do is invest in the expensive verified removals. Those cost between $20 and $30 per ton. This is, this is Anthony, this is exactly why we started Goodwins. I saw an industry six years ago that spent at the time and still does. 40 to 45 billion dollars on advertising. 40 to 45 billion dollars every year is being spent on ads that create no value for people or planet. So the philosophy of Good Wings is what if we can grow a brand, um, reach millions of people and businesses around the world, but without spending very much money on advertising, then we can allocate all our booking revenues to these more expensive verified offset types removing carbon from the atmosphere. So if you book your hotel with good wings, you're not paying more for the hotel room. You don't limit yourself of choice. You have roughly the same million hotels as you would find elsewhere. But the big difference is we as a company, as a B Corp, as have decided to the, the revenues that we get from your hotel booking, we allocate that to pay for, the, for your removal of your total trip. So if you're going from Copenhagen to New York, an economy class emitting two tons, that's going to cost us 40 to $50 to turn your trip net zero. But we can afford it because we don't need to make money from the bookings. Our main source of income are very low subscription payments from our members. Our members are conscious travelers like you or businesses who want to travel net zero easy and affordable. So uh, companies are paying us, I don't know, 50 to $300 a month for the entire company, it's, it's nothing. And that's our main source of income. 
So all the booking revenues, it's like a closed loop. It's kind of like allocated to, 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 to finance the, the calculation and the removal of your emissions. We have, we have, we have businesses that we're removing CO2 for at the amount of two, 3,000 tons a year. Right. I'd like to talk to you in a moment about your, your partners and the people that you're working with, but just, just staying with offsets for the moment. We've agreed that probably the, 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 the most effective, given that technology is still developing, is forestry, is trees. Mm. So when we go to you and we set up a transaction and you have to do the offsets for us, are you paying somebody at that point to plant a tree or are you buying part of a tree which has been specifically grown in order to provide an offset and has actually now embodied some carbon? The latter. The latter. Um, right. You, you, yeah. I mean, you, you, um, you, you can say, you can say um, we focus less on planting trees and more on removing carbon. <laughs> um, there's a reason that we haven't just embarked on a partnership with you know, any of the thousands of tree planting projects out there because most of them are unverified. Yeah. We've, all seen, we've all seen the, uh, the horrible examples of, of, of these types of projects. Many of them are good, no doubt about that, but, but there's no verification and certainty that the trees will be put in the ground. And when will it happen? Will, will they be taken care of? Um, did you see the example from Turkey where they planted, I believe, a million trees? Oh, and yeah. the, the Guardian found out that like months later, 90% of the saplings were dead. Yeah. This, this is, this, we cannot live with this from a plant planetary point of view, but also from a business point of view. There's a lot of risk. Goodwings, we don't want to be associated with this. We want to, and, and we have a business model that can enable us to do things right. So that's what we do. So we only invest in the verified projects so in that sense, we focus more on how many VCUs, verified credit units, have been issued and can we, can we purchase to remove and focus less on how many trees is that. Because when, it, when you focus too much on the trees, um, you, you, you kind of lose focus on what's important, and that is the verifiable documentation that carbon has been absorbed, not will be sometime into the future, 25 years. If the trees, you know, thrive and survive. Tell me a bit more about verification. How does that work? So basically, um, I mean, there are, I believe, three or four major registries uh, in the world um, for, for, for these types of forestry projects. Gold Standard uh, by WWF, um, VCS, American Carbon Registry, and uh, fourth, I, I can't remember the name of right now, but these are very... Uh, strong methodologies, um, independent validation, uh, take into account, you know, additionality, like you were talking about earlier with the, with the windmill, uh, permanence and, and so on. So in our case, we've, we, we've, uh, we've chosen VCS verified projects. And what it means really is that someone has a piece of land, wants to plant forest, and the, the, the global carbon uh, market represents an extra source of income because that person can 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 um, can apply to get the forest verified by by Vera and one of these verifications is VCS um, and if you follow their guidelines 
kind of like an ISO management system, really. If you follow the guidelines and you have an independent validator coming out every two, three years, um, Rainforest Alliances or some other environmental organization, uh, that organization will then document, okay, your trees are actually here. More trees have been planted since we were here two years ago. The, the, the tree mass has absorbed 200 or 500 tons of CO2, and that corresponds to amount, an, an amount of credits that the forest owner can then sell on the market, you can say, and, and, and get a, a, an income per, per ton removed. So it's always a ton that has been removed, not will be. Um, you limit the risk of double accounting because all the, the VCUs, the carbon units, have individual serial numbers, kind of like blockchain. Um, you also have, uh, you also take into, uh, into account the risk of, of forest fires, for instance, or illegal harvesting, because you have this buffer pool. I believe on the BCS, it's around 30%. So if the forest has absorbed a million tons, you ought to be able to sell a million credits, but you can only sell 700,000. So you, all these factors, we have, we have um, decided we need that. We need this level of integrity, um, but, it, but it's costly. I mean, you can plant a tree on whatever, you know, plantatree.org kind of website for as low as 10 euro cent, but you have no certainty that you will be impacting climate change. Whereas with these projects, you might be paying 100 times more, $25, $30 per ton, but you know that it is occurring. It has occurred. Well, that's fascinating. That's a, that's a completely new slant on uh, offsetting, I think, for, for many, many people. Thank you for explaining exactly how it works. You've got a very interesting business model there. Are, are you unique in what you're doing? Oh, um, yes, we are. We are quite unique. And I think one of the, the reasons that, that we ended up here is that we didn't come from travel <laughs> because everyone in travel is just chasing bookings. Yeah. And, and, and it creates an unhealthy economy and, and industry where you're just chasing bookings because you want to increase your KPIs. We don't care about bookings. We don't need, we don't encourage our clients to, to book more travels because we don't make money from the bookings. So it, it creates a more healthy relationship between us and our clients. We make the money from the subscription payments, um, which is, you know, as I said earlier, quite quite low because it's important for us to democratize access to truly sustainable travel because up until now sustainable travel at least at least the examples that i've seen has been this eco resort on the maldives which couldn't be further from 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 sustainable travel really right <laughs> and so the people who pay subscriptions who your subscribers are they uh, corporates or are they individuals Primarily businesses, because that's where we can get some volume fast. Um, we, 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 we do have a, a, a leisure uh, net zero travel membership for, I believe, $39 for a full year, which, again, is, is just a fraction of what many people spend on travel. Um, but but the, on the business side, we're quite successful at the time. We launched in January, and, and even... Despite that 2021, unfortunately, has been so much affected by COVID, we've had hundreds of businesses signing up from all over the world. Um, and we, just a note on the business model, because we, we all the money from the bookings allocated to fight climate change and verified removal 
So the, the, the revenues are from the subscription payments, which are not you know, astronomic figures. So we need to find ways of lowering our, our operating cost. And one of the big operating costs, obviously, is the ad spend. So how can we become the go-to platform for conscious business leaders and travelers without spending money on advertising? Well, I'm very thankful that you have invited me today because this is part of our growth strategy to, to share with the world what we have built. Um, but we also work with businesses. We, For instance, we recently partnered with Intuit, uh, a U.S software company they have 15 million businesses around the world <laughs> an impressive number yeah. and and they have just during cop 26 launched their climate strategy um which is not so much about what they what they can do because they are an office company uh they don't emit much um of course they do emit something and they're they have action plans for reducing that obviously but what if they they could turn the 15 million business clients into climate champions. So it's a truly admirable philosophy. And they have put together a climate action marketplace. And we have been vetted uh, and selected to be the travel component. So that's the sort of partnership that where we actually spend zero on advertising, but still reach up to 15 million businesses. Well, Christian, thank you very much for sharing this with us. It's um... It's been very interesting, and thank you for taking the time to talk to the Sustainable Futures Report. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. The key thing, then, to remember is the difference between carbon compensation and carbon removal. Carbon compensation, avoiding future carbon emissions, may be a good thing to do and helps developing nations, but it does not reduce the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere. It is not a silver bullet. Carbon removal, on the other hand, is far more expensive, but is a step towards net zero. Carbon neutral and net zero are terms we hear every day, frequently used interchangeably. They are not the same thing. I'll be exploring the difference on Friday. For the moment, thanks again to Christian Müller-Holst. Thanks to you for listening. That was the Wednesday interview from the Sustainable Futures Report. I'm Anthony Day. Until next time.